Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you have made. We thank you for this evening where we can come together to worship you and to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would give us understanding tonight, but more than that, that you would give us a sense of your presence with us. Lord, we ask that through your word read and proclaimed this evening, that through your Holy Spirit, God, that you would continue the work of changing us into the people that you made us to be. That even tonight we would become more and more to the likeness of Jesus. We pray all these things in his name. Amen. Well, this evening, so far, we have, we have heard a lot in a fairly short amount of time. Hearing the story of Jesus as presented in Matthew and in Luke, of Jesus' birth. And we have heard of shepherds, and we've heard of angels, we've heard of Joseph and Mary. And we've also heard various uh, songwriters understanding of these scriptures as they write songs based on them. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the words as you've been singing them, but I want to highlight a little bit here. When we're singing, Oh Holy Night, there's that area in there where it says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That's not a phrase we use a whole lot these days, is it? When was the last time you got texted by somebody who said they were pining for anything? Not a lot. And so sometimes we can go over that and we go past it and we just think it's eh, old-timey language. We don't really think about what it's saying. But this is a longing, a desire for something. And it's this world that's in sin and error is longing for something until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And then there's this thrill of hope and a weary world rejoices. And why is it that everybody is rejoicing? It's because what they were longing for, what they were pining for, to use that word, had arrived. In other words, there was a problem that could only be solved one way. There was a hunger that could only be satisfied one way. And then it happened. And then he came. And this is why we see the angels rejoicing. This is why we see the shepherds rushing to Bethlehem. Is this really what's going on? We want to see. We want to find out for ourselves. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's what they've been waiting for. I think we miss this a lot. See, I think God has given us an awful lot of gifts. An awful lot of gifts. I don't think there's any gift greater that God has given to us except to give us Jesus. His only son. But, of course, we know all gifts have to be wrapped, right? And so we have culturally, so to speak, wrapped Jesus up with so much packaging and boxing and glittery paper and ribbons and bows that you can't see Jesus anymore. So tonight, I know some families' tradition, you open presents on Christmas morning, others Christmas Eve. But whatever your family tradition is, we're going to try tonight to unwrap 
this gift that God has given us, and take a look at Jesus a little more plainly. And to do that, we're going to look at a passage that's not typically uh, read on Christmas Eve, but why not, right? I think this will be helpful. This is actually from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, That day when evening came, he says to his disciples, that's Jesus who says to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? We're going to pause right there for a second. Because those three words are what I really want to leave you with tonight. Don't you care? We can't answer it yet. We'll do that in just a bit. But first we have to understand the situation. We have... Disciples of Jesus who have been following him around. This is the grown-up Jesus, by the way, not the baby in the manger they're following. Just to be clear, on Christmas Eve. And they've been following him around. They've been learning from him. They've been watching him do some amazing things. And they're in this boat on the lake. And the storm comes up. And they start freaking out. And it is kind of all hands on deck, literally. And bailing water, do whatever we can to get to try to stay alive in the storm. And this includes, by the way, fishermen who had spent their, their lives, at least their adult lives, on boats, on lakes. They had been in all kinds of weather and had made it through. And yet they seem particularly terrified as though this storm is more than what they're used to handling, as though this storm has them overwhelmed. And no matter what we do on our own, we're going down. But it's worse than just that. Because there's one guy who's in the boat not even helping. And I'm thinking, you know, if we're going to go down, we should at least go down trying, right? We should at least be doing something even as we sink to the bottom of the lake. And so they wake Jesus up. Jesus, the one who's sleeping, not doing anything, not pulling his weight. They wake him up and they say, don't you care if we drown? And I said we can't answer that quite yet, because first we have to answer the second question they ask. So here's what happens next. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. That's the second question they ask. Who is this? That's a very good question to ask. Because they recognize something here. Jesus gets up, and he doesn't grab a bucket. He talks to the weather, and it obeys him. Now, why in the world does the weather obey Jesus? I've heard some people actually teach on this and say, well, it's because he had a lot of faith. And if you just have a lot of faith, you can talk to the weather. It'll obey you. No. (laughs) That is not what's going on here. 
The wind and the waves obey Jesus because they recognize his voice. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the word of God who was with God, who was God from the very beginning. All things were created through him, that nothing has been created except through him. Think about that. All the wind created through Jesus. All the waves created through Jesus. And so when Jesus says, quiet, be still, yes, sir. (laughs) And they do. And the disciples maybe not fully get it, but they get it a little bit. They get it enough that it says the next thing, their response, it's not that they're relieved. Oh, good, Jesus calmed the storm and now we're all safe. Did you hear what it said? So they were terrified. The storm is calmed, and now they're terrified. Because before they were afraid of everything going on outside the boat. Now they're afraid of who's in the boat with them. They knew they couldn't control the storm, and that's what was scaring them. But now they're afraid they can't control Jesus either. And that's really scary. And see, I think one of the reasons that Christmas... It's such a popular holiday. Um, it has to do with people liking the idea of a little bitty cute baby God. Because, hey, what can he do to me? Maybe I can control him. I can tell him what I want. He can do my bidding. I can come to him on my own terms, when and how I want. And that's why it's important that as we come to Christmas... We have a better understanding of who is this? Who is this in the manger? Who is this in the boat? Who is this with us? So one author's put it, it's like pouring all of the world's oceans into a thimble to have the God of the universe come into human flesh as a baby. I agree with that in one sense. I think it doesn't quite do it. But at the same time, it's mind-blowing enough that I can't, I can't comprehend getting all the oceans into one thimble. Therefore, that works enough for me as far as the whole God of the universe, the king over everything, the creator of all that exists, being born as a baby in a manger. So here's the thing. We've answered that second question now. When the disciples say, who is this? He is the king over all. So then, we get back to that first question. Hopefully you still remember what it was. When he was still, when he was sleeping, and they wake him up in the middle of the storm, and they say, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? And hopefully we understand now that the answer to that Maybe is isn't given explicitly, but it's certainly implied through all of Scripture. Don't you care? Yes, I care. That's why I came. Yes, I care. That's why I came. And not just to save a group of fishermen and a group of disciples on a boat in a storm, but to save everybody that needs saving. Because we've all turned away from God, and we have all suffered and had pain that results from that directly and indirectly. And we know what it's like to be part of a world that has gone wrong. But God does care. 
the king over everything, doesn't say, well, if that's the way you want it, have at it. But because God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. That is why we celebrate Christmas, the greatest gift that has ever been given, the reason the angels are rejoicing, the reason the shepherds are rejoicing, the reason that the whole world rejoices, the weary world rejoices, the song says. Only happens when we understand how far we've come from God, how there's nothing we can do on our own, and yet God cares enough to come to us in the person of Jesus. The one who, by the way, we already heard tonight, is named Jesus, meaning the Lord saves, and will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. There's a lot more to this story. I see some unfamiliar faces this evening. And I realize some may be from far away, others from around here locally. I would like to encourage you, if you do not have a regular habit of uh, attending worship services or Bible studies or small groups or Sunday school, where you get to hear more of this story on a regular basis, I would encourage you to do that, to make that a regular habit here or wherever you live. And to do so not as a way of sort of padding your spiritual resume so you can show God some, hey, look, I went to Sunday school, now you can be happy with me. Doesn't work like that. But you come so that you can hear more of the story of how it is that God has showed his love for us in Jesus before we did anything to deserve it and realizing that there's nothing we can do to deserve it. He loves us anyway. Don't you care? Yes, I care. That's why I came. And how that understanding changes everything. I want to leave you with a poem that was actually one I discovered in the bonus features of a children's DVD. So for those of you who are not frequenting those areas of your DVDs or your kids' DVDs, this may be new to you. It's actually from uh, the creator of VeggieTales, but it's his, part of his new series, Bug Denver Asks What's in the Bible, which is excellent. I would encourage you to check that out as well. But this one's from a special called Why Do We Call It Christmas? And in the bonus section, here's the poem. It says, My favorite time of year is here. With Christmas joy and Christmas cheer, as all children, as, yeah, as children grin from ear to ear, and families from afar draw near. The stores they sell, the shoppers buy, packages and boxes fly, the songs we know so well. And why? Well, they've been playing since July. As Rudolph scampers on TV, we stack our booty around the tree, and if we've bought excessively, we'll just tap home equity. Then later, lying midst the toys and sugar-combed girls and boys in brand new shirts and corduroys, we wonder if we hear a noise. A baby crying in the night as cattle stamp their hooves in fright. No TV show, no neon light to welcome him that Christmas night. He came to earth for you and me. He saw what we were meant to be. A diaper-wrapped divinity who gave his life to set us free. 
So put your iPod on the shelf. Turn off that show about the elf. Say this as the candles glow. Jesus loves me. This I know. Merry Christmas to you all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.